You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Before we get to this week's episode of Assembly Call Radio, a quick word from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Whether you are headed to a baseball game or to a concert this summer, or just anxiously awaiting football season, SeatGeek has you covered. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. That's actually why I use them when I bought, I've told you before about how I bought Ed Sheeran concert tickets for my wife. And that was one of the reasons why I really liked using SeatGeek because it was at an arena that I didn't really know about. And so being able to have a Raider like that, where based on the price and based on where the ticket is, you could see if you were really good and good value because those were pretty expensive tickets. It was really nice to be able to do that. So I appreciated that. And I used SeatGeek before. I've certainly used them since. And so that's why I like having them as a sponsor and why I feel comfortable uh, recommending them to you. And I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Uh, Again, it is the easiest way that I found to shop for tickets. Uh, And so I suggest that you should do it as well. And best of all, since you're a listener to the Assembly Call, you get $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. So just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y today. That's promo code ASSEMBLY, and you will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. This is our 92nd edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 423rd episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, September 6th, 2018. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud... Banner moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Martin takes the shot. The Hoosiers have won the national championship. So the obvious choice here would be that yet another in-state recruit, Armand Franklin, picked Indiana on Thursday night. But we're going to discuss that for the rest of the show, and I'm sure Andy and Ryan are about to mention it. So I'm going to go in a bit of a different direction for this week's banner moment. It occurred on Wednesday when the IU men's basketball team hosted a special guest speaker, Brenda Tracy, the founder of SetTheExpectation.org. 
1998, Brenda was gang-raped by four men, three of whom were Oregon State football players. She reported the assault immediately, but did not come forward publicly. In 2014, she decided to come forward with her story, realizing that, quote, educating, engaging, and inspiring men and coaches to become involved in the fight against sexual violence was what I was most passionate about, unquote. So she founded SetTheExpectation.org, and now she speaks with high school and college athletic programs to raise awareness and education of sexual violence against women. Inviting Miss Tracy in to speak with the team was Archie's idea, and to me, it is yet another reason to believe that he is the right man to be leading the program. We saw Minnesota's season get derailed last year when Reggie Lynch was suspended due to sexual assault allegations. It's happened at other schools. So from a strict basketball sense, providing this kind of education and awareness increases the likelihood of players avoiding terrible decisions that could remove them from the court. But it's obviously so, so much bigger than that. Sure, we all want to win as many basketball games as possible, but I think most of us as IU fans also want to see the young men who play basketball for our university grow and develop as people during their time in Bloomington. Experiences like this, having the opportunity to be emotionally impacted by the personal story and passion of someone like Brenda Tracy are a great way to impact young men during an impressionable time and not only help them avoid bad decisions and the awful consequences that can come from them, but perhaps even help them turn into leaders who affect positive change in their communities and in their personal circles. I felt a lot of pride seeing the pictures on Twitter of the guys wearing the Set the Expectation wristbands. I feel pride knowing that Archie Miller is making respect toward women a foundational piece of his program's culture at IU, just as it should be. In an off-season of attention-grabbing, noteworthy social media posts by the IU basketball team, this one, to me, was easily the most noteworthy of them all. All right, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show. To my left, he is the Nick Saban of Girls Youth Sports Coaching in Cincinnati. He is the president emeritus of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, and he is renowned the world over for his bracketology expertise. It's not Joe Lenardi. It's not Jerry Palm. It is Andy Bottoms from Over at Assembly Call. He is Andy Bottoms. Andy, what is your Bottoms line on the last week in Indiana basketball? I don't know about the Saban. I don't know about the Saban thing. I, I, I rarely get the chance to be raised. I just, I just uh, started reporters. liking Andy a whole lot less <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Uh, no, so, uh, it, well, it's funny, Jared, that you mentioned that. That was one of the things I was going to bring up. And I talked last week a little bit about they had Chris Heron uh, in, you know, to kind of talk to the team about his issues with uh, drug abuse and, and things like that. And I think seeing, uh, you know, and another speaker come in and, and really you know, preparing these guys for, it sounds like a corny NCAA saying about preparing them for life for far more than sports, all those kinds of things. But um, it, it is true in light of some of the other things that we've seen uh, around the country. And and like you, I feel pride in that. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take the uh, Armand Franklin route though, since you did not. And uh, it, you know, exciting. We talked before we came on that it was uh, nice and convenient of him to do, do this before uh, we were going to come on tonight. Uh, and so you know, an exciting commitment, another in-state guy. And when you really, uh, you know, think about w what Archie has set out to do, it's just another example of him really following through on, uh, on, on trying to lock down the state as best he can and uh, really taking a guy who, who didn't seem 
very close at all that IU felt like third uh, of the three teams that it came down to uh, for quite a while and at various points during the recruitment and really to be able to close the deal uh, with Armand Franklin, a guy who I think fits a lot of the things that Archie's going to want to do, uh, is exciting to be able to continue to see him uh, reel in an in-state guy. I, maybe not the one at the top of people's wish list, but uh, you know, a good thing overall. And I think another guy uh, in the same vein of some of the, the freshmen that will be in this year's, the year's class that you can see being a strong four-year player and can easily envision what he's going to become uh, over the course of his IU career. And to my right, he's a columnist for The Big Lead and a co-host of The Hangover, but you know him as Indiana Radio's most abrasive, polarizing, over-the-top personality. He is Ryan Phillips. I'm stuck Uh, in my house all day because I work from home. Was it Ted Valentine? I will absolutely meet anybody by the bike racks after school if they want to fight. Let me just jump in real quick. Ryan, what is your rant on the past hey, week given, in Indiana basketball? Given your intro, I thought you were about to introduce Dan, Dan Dockage. Big fan of the show, Dan Dockage. Uh, but uh, I think it's Armand Franklin. It has to be. It was huge. Came down today. Uh, look, this team needed guards, and we've talked about that for a while. There's going to need to be some guard depth, and he adds that. And, and we'll get into a scouting report on him and everything after. But I think the most impressive part of this is that this was a Purdue Xavier battle for a long time, it looked like. And Archie Miller and company got an official visit and absolutely nailed it, it seems like, and really swung this recruiting battle back to them. He's the number six player in Indiana on the 24-7 composite. Uh, you know, I, I know that people want to take the top three every year from Indiana, but that, I mean, let's, let's be honest, it's not going to happen every single year, but this is a top player from Indiana uh, at the shooting guard, point guard, combo guard sort of guy who you need to get and you, and you need to get a guy like that. And, and I think that it's a very solid get when you look at some of the other guys who are potential players in this class. Uh, I think he's going to fit very well, particularly as he's a guy who's going to stick around. And, and when you look at the kind of things that Romeo Langford does, when Romeo Langford moves on next year, as we all expect him to do, uh, be a one and done and get out of, of, of Bloomington next year, you needed somebody who could come in and fill that sort of role uh, maybe not obviously to that level, but somebody who could long term be a guy who could do some of the things that Romeo is going to Rome, that Rome is going to leave a hole there, and he needs some guy to come in and, and sort of fill that spot. That's what you get in Armand Franklin. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the scouting report, but I, I just thought in general it was a very good pickup for Indiana, especially at this point to get it out of the way before you hit Hoosier hysteria, before you get towards that early signing period get it done and get this guy uh, on campus and, or I mean, not on campus, but get him in the fold and helping to recruit other guys. Absolutely. So here's what we're going to talk about this week. A lot of Armand Franklin. We're going to talk about the scouting report. We're going to talk about what this means kind of in the bigger picture, uh, answer your questions about it. That may be the only topic that we cover, but hey, when a guy commits and we've got a new Hoosier, a new future Hoosier to talk about, that usually takes up the majority of the show. Uh, Indiana did release the tip times and TV information for the schedule today, so if we have any extra time, uh, we'll cover that as well. But all of that is what's coming here on Assembly Call Radio. Uh, Before we get to talking more about Armand Franklin, I do want to remind you about the best way to shop online for great deals on IU basketball tickets and IU football tickets. Just remember this URL, iutickets.com. 
SeatGeek.shop. It will take you right to SeatGeek, where you can immediately find the best deals on IU tickets, as well as other sports tickets and concert tickets. And as a bonus, use the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, to get $20 back after your first purchase. And when you use that URL, IUTickets.shop, we get paid a commission for referring you. And these commissions really add up. And they have a big impact on helping us cover the cost of running the show. So we do appreciate you using that URL. Once again, the URL is iutickets.shop. Thank you. All righty. You are listening to Assembly Call Radio. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. This week's top story, of course, the commitment of Armand Franklin, four-star prospect of Indianapolis Cathedral High School, uh, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. He's the number 133 player in the country, the 26th ranked shooting guard. Ryan, let's just start right from the top. I know you know you had a chance to watch some tape on him. All of us have, but let's start with the scouting report. You know, before we get into some of the bigger picture stuff, let's talk about Armand as a player and what type of guy Indiana is getting on both ends of the court. Well, you're getting a six foot four, 195 pound, 185 pound. I bet he's probably 205 by the time he hits campus. Uh, combo guard. I would I would I wouldn't say he's a pure shooting guard. I'd say he's more of a combo guard because he handles the ball for Cathedral and I think he will. I mean I think it's also sort of like how Romeo handled the ball all the time last year. It's just your best player is going to handle the ball. He's going to have it in his hands and and that's what Franklin does. And by the way, if you're in Indianapolis, head over to the Cathedral and watch this kid play. He's fun to watch. He's not going to jump out of the gym. He's not going to do any LeBron dunks or you know craziness like that. But he is really a fun basketball player to watch. He's a little loose with the ball when he's dribbling, but I think that that's just a general thing that guys need to tighten up when they hit the next level. That's one thing I really noticed. And I think that also comes with adding strength is, you know, he'll be more sort of compact in his actions. Uh, he's long and lanky, obviously needs to add strength like every high schooler. But I think that he's also having seen him highlights from last year and then some of the workout videos he's showing this summer. I think he's really progressed in that area and getting a lot better. Uh, he has a really good feel for his shot. Uh, good release, good rotation, good actions on the shot. Sometimes can get a little lazy and lean back and kind of lean to the side and kind of almost in a showboaty way that high schoolers sort of get where they kind of fire up in the shot and they know what's get going in. They maybe don't hold their follow through as long and stuff. But so I think he, that, he might he might need a little shot doctor. Maybe a little bit, but he gets his feet under him really well when he get when he lines up for a shot, which is huge. Uh, feet, shoulders, and release are enormous for every shot. Um, I think that uh, he he also loves to pull up too. That's one thing I noticed. You, you're going to get a lot of mid-range pull-up type stuff. He likes to pull up on the break as well and shoot that three. Uh, I think he's a really good finisher right now, and he's good at the high school level, but he's going to need to add some strength, uh, as I mentioned, to finish at the rim, finish through contact. But he has a really nice feel for finishing around the rim. And then one thing I really noticed was an active, excuse me, I, I, you don't get to see a whole lot of, of defensive film when, when, when watching these guys and what's available out there. But one thing I noticed is that he has a very active hands defensively. He's looking to take the ball from the guy in front of him it, it, one way or another, whether it's actually swiping it or deflecting a pass that comes in. He's really active in that way. Uh, but I think that it, it it's it's a good sign that he likes to disrupt things when his guy has the ball or is going to get the ball. He likes to sort of go in there, and that's something Archie can work with. It, it shows some level of commitment to defense. Uh, I, again, I think he's he's athletic, but it doesn't always play up. It, you'll see it in transition from time to time, but it doesn't always play up in the way he plays. Uh, but again, that's something you can unlock as you, as you move along. And then I think that he 
since Archie has less of a commitment to a point guard shooting guard dynamic on the perimeter, he just has guards out there and kind of picks who handles the ball based on where the ball's coming in, what the situation is, all that. I, I think that it fits really well with what he does that Franklin has some length, has some size, can play some defense and has some athleticism as well. And I think that that seems to really fit with what, Archie's going to want to do and I bet that Franklin will be able to handle the ball better by the time he hits campus too so I think that all of those things point to positives in what Archie's going to want uh, because this is a guy who is good in a lot of aspects maybe not great in any single aspect but really good in a lot of ways and things you can polish up and make even better Andy what stood out to you watching Armand I think the biggest thing for me is just versatility um I think on the defensive end of the floor, his size gives him the ability to play. Um, you know, he's he's going to be in a position more to defend guards, but I think being able to switch onto wing players is important. And in listening to the mind your banners that uh, Zach Osterman put up with Kyle Nenry um, tonight, they talked about a lot of times. You know, he was one of the taller players on on Cathedral's team, so he ended up guarding some bigger players inside. So I think versatile in that regard. And then I think due to some of the same things, you know, some of the highlights in the, the video that was on Inside the Hall was really him doing things in the post, which certainly don't envision Archie having him do a great deal of, but um, I think you see some, some well-roundedness in his game. He can play a little bit of the point, uh, which he was asked to do last year may or may not be his you know natural position, but a guy that gives IU some flexibility there if they do need him to do that. So um, that was kind of what I liked about him that you, he's a guy who could probably fit with a lot of different lineups and you could do some different things with on both ends of the floor. Uh, and, and that to me strikes you as the kind of guy that Archie would like. And, and with his length, I think he can be disruptive defensively uh, and really commit to that. I think his high school coach and one of the things I read talked about, um, you know, his effort on that on the floor and, and how he's kind of harped on that with guys that that's a way to set yourself apart. So, uh, you know, I, I think maybe less exciting in some ways than, you know, some of the other big names that I use going after. But again, like I said in the opening, I think a, a really solid player in the mold of some of the guys that are going to be there this year that that can really be a foundational guy as as Archie looks to build things. Yep. All righty. Coming up here on the assembly call, we are going to continue talking about Armand Franklin. You know what kind of player he is. Now, what is the impact of this recruitment for Indiana for Archie Miller? We will get into that all coming up here on the assembly call. Stick with us. You are listening to The Assembly Call. If you ever have to miss all or part of an episode of Assembly Call Radio or one of our post-game shows, there are two great ways to catch up. You can subscribe to our podcast for free wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify now. Just search for Assembly Call. Or you can watch the video replays of all of our shows on YouTube. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, go to youtube.com slash assemblycall. And of course, all of this information is available at our website, assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are continuing to talk about this week's top story in the world of Indiana basketball, and that is the commitment of Armand Franklin. And, you know, Ryan, I thought, you know, you did a really nice job of talking about what kind of a player Armand is. And I know, you know, I, I've seen sentiments in a few places, and by no means do I think that this is a majority opinion, but I've seen a few sentiments expressing maybe a little bit of underwhelm at the you know the 133rd ranked recruit and why are people getting so excited about this well i just want to talk about a few reasons why this commitment is so important if you listening right now happen to be one of those people that are you know wondering how big this is you know number one just remember that robert finnessy was the 136th ranked recruit last year and so that's right around where 
Armand is. He's right around in that range. But more than that, you know, we talked about how he's an in-state kid and getting a commitment like that from a guy like that further solidifies Indiana's just respect and stature in the state after it really fell off. And look, it's huge that Indiana was able to pull him right out from under, under Purdue's nose because he, a lot of people assumed he was going to go to Purdue. And just like Demise Anderson and to a certain extent, you know, Robert Finnessy getting him out of Lafayette, it's nice to be winning those recruiting battles against a big rival like Purdue. And I think what may be a little bit underrated here is that it's really a testament to how good Archie and his staff are on official visits. Because before the official visit to Bloomington, again, a lot of people really thought it was a Purdue lean. And the the Indiana coaching staff did such a good job there on that visit that even after he took a visit to Purdue, Armand ended up committing to Indiana. And then anytime that you can get, you know, a guy like that with that skill level from in-state who's going to be, you know, a four-year player to really provide stability, or at least we assume he'll be a four-year player who can provide that type of stability at the guard position, it's going to be really good for your program. So, and then there are other reasons that we can get to as well, but, you know, Andy, I just... I think it's easy sometimes to kind of look at this and, you know, you see the triple digit number and it's not a McDonald's All-American. But the thing is, like, these are the types of players that you build a stable winning program around. And the, and especially a guy like that from in-state, you know, I'm ecstatic now that we're starting to get these guys because I think that's what Indiana really needs to be a consistent winning program again. Well, I think the other thing is, you know, while it would certainly be exciting to get a, you know, top 10 top 20 guy, those guys typically anymore aren't committing at this time of the year. So if you want people to commit at, you know, in, in September, you're probably not in most cases getting the, the top, top end guys. And, and like I said, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, they had this foundational class that's coming in this year as, as freshmen. And then people kind of talked about like you build a nucleus, you take a shot on a few of the really top guys. And so I think he becomes part of the nucleus um, that's going to be there, a really solid player. Uh, I think to what Ryan said, you know, does a lot of things well, maybe isn't known for one specific thing. Um, but is a guy who I think will buy into what they want to do on both ends of the floor and, uh, and, and give them some flexibility from a, a roster standpoint, from a lineup standpoint. Um, so yeah, I think it, you know, we, you can't have the, well, we need to get guys from in state and then be kind of disappointed with a guy from in state who was, you know, arguably one of the better players in the state. And I think even when you say these six, some of those numbers get a little bit deflated with, you know, with like La Lumiere as a prep school, those guys kind of. I believe they, they kind of quote unquote count in terms of guys from the state, but it, in a lot of cases, it's not guys who actually are from the state. So um, if you, if you took some of that out, he's probably even higher than that. And don't in the tell state, that to so. Isaiah Stewart. We want him thinking it's in state. We want that to be part of the poll. So just absolutely. Well, certainly, yourself, but uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, um, I think it's exciting. I think it's a, I, I think the coach said something about, he's a guy that other guys like to play with. Again, some of the highlights that you've seen, he's making unselfish plays and, and making the right pass. And I think that is, you know, the kind of guy that it's going to be hard for, for, you know, you're, you're not going to come up with the reasons that guys are going to say, you know, this isn't a, a team guy or any of those kinds of things. And I, I think for the most part, those are the, you know, the kinds of guys that people want. So uh, for me, hard to be too disappointed about it, given, um, you know, kind of stated goals that Archie set out and, and what other, you know, fans have, have said they wanted. It, it fits in line with all that to me. Yeah, and you had to have a guard in this class. So what this allows you to do, getting this commitment out of the way now, is you've got your guard, and now you can really go after a guy like Jamius Ramsey, who's a top 40 type player. And it's not that you now ignore Brandon Newman, but 
you know, you can now, you're just a little bit more settled. You know, you don't have to be desperate looking for a guard a little bit later. And I know some people, you know, maybe they like Brandon Newman a little bit better and he is a better shooter. Uh, you know, so I saw some people saying, well, I'd rather wait and see what Newman's going to do. It's like, look, you got a guy, Armand Franklin's caliber, and he wants to commit. You take it and you're happy about it. And it's a great thing for the program, Ryan. Yeah, let's not be insanely picky here. You needed a guard. You want a versatile guard because it's because that's what Archie likes. A guy who can play both positions, can play several. I mean, can has shown he can do several things on the floor. Uh, does a lot of things well. Doesn't have any huge glaring weaknesses, and he's got some size to him. I mean, that's what you want. And, and also, he's in state. People find the people I I see complaining that maybe, you know, oh, this isn't the exact guy I wanted or something like that, or the same people who were complaining that Indiana never recruited IU players before. It's like, come on, dude. Like, this is what you have been asking for. And now Archie is nailing down some of the top players in the state. You've got to accept it. It, It's not going to be perfect every time. It's not going to be every guy you want. These kids all have different opinions and different places they want to go and family family influences and stuff. Indiana's lucky to get a guy like this to commit at this point because there's not a whole lot of time left. You get this guy in. Now you focus on getting the bigs you want, which seems to be where the focus is moving forward. Yeah. And look, you know, the thing that we're seeing that I think everyone has to be excited about is when Archie really zeroes in on a guy in state, he's getting him. You know, I saw, I saw someone tweet he out. Is closer, he, he is well, a he closer, man. He is. And I saw someone tweet out Matt Painter has to be so upset that, uh, that Tom Crean's not in Bloomington anymore. And which, I'm about to say, I don't mean that as a knock on Tom Crean, but I do because he didn't focus on the state. And when he targeted guys in the state, he didn't get them. And Archie Miller has come in and done exactly what he said he was going to do, Andy. And look, we know we're not going to get every player in the state. But now as you start to look forward at Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks, Archie has zeroed in on them, made them a big focus. It gives you a lot of confidence that he'll eventually be able to close the deal with those guys, Andy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, again, the, these are guys that know each other that have you know played together in some of the all-star teams and things like that in the in the in the uh, in the state and so they know each other and um you know hopefully that hopefully that helps things as well but i do i agree you had to get guards this was not a guard heavy class at all uh whether it be in the state or in the nation uh and so now you've you know you kind of got one in the hand and you, you figure out where you go from there and how you add to the class Yep, absolutely. So as we move forward here um, on this edition of the Assembly Call, we'll continue talking um, about Armand Franklin. Um, we'll talk about you know some guys that he compares to. If you haven't seen him play, to kind of give you an idea, um, and we'll answer some of your questions about him too, uh, and pick up any other stories from the rest of the week in IU basketball. That's coming. Stick with us. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. We now have almost 6,000 IU fans from around the globe who subscribe to our free email newsletter. There's a high-level operation going on out there. Why do so many IU fans subscribe? Because they get our weekly six-banner Sunday news roundups as well as our post-game analysis emails. It is all free, and it will make you a smarter and more well-informed IU basketball fan. And joining is easy. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. Again, go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 and join our free email newsletter today. Make no excuses. 
All right, I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are talking about the commitment of Armand Franklin, what it means to Indiana. Uh, back in segment one, uh, we discussed kind of a scouting report in our last segment. We talked about why it's such an important commitment. Let's talk a little bit more, guys, just about uh, you know the kind of player Armand is, and, and we'll do something that Ryan really loves to do, which is player comps. And, and every time we have a new commitment, he really enjoys doing this. For, uh, for, and- for, for new listeners, I hate player comps. <laughs> Okay, why do you hate player comps so much? Like, because you can never compare a guy one to one, and it's okay. But, but most people don't expect like. Okay, everybody knows it's not like an exact comparison, but you can compare elements of a guy's game to kind of then visualize, you know, what he's like to kind of have a little bit of context for what to expect. Well, then it's not him. a true comparison if you're like this guy does this, but he's better at this and worse at this and sort of different than this, and he looks different in this no, way. That, like, I mean, that's exactly I, what a yeah. player comp is. No, they're they're a nuanced. Comp is, Okay. No, because you watch, you watch, you give a player comp, and then when he doesn't turn out exactly like the guy you compared, I, I do this for a living, trust me. When your player comp doesn't turn out to be perfect, you get hammered with it. I said, when somebody asked me who, what Cody Zeller's player comp was uh, in the NBA, I said his absolute ceiling was Pau Gasol. That was his absolute ridiculous ceiling. Like, not saying any chance he had to reaching that. Which is a that totally is a- reasonable opinion. Yeah, and I've been crapped on it on for it for like four years now because he's not Pau, Pau Gasol. And it, again, that's all people hear is they okay. hear they hear the uh, comparison, you know and that's uh, it. Okay, I don't know about the audience that you're writing for there. I trust our assembly call audience. These are smart basketball people. They'll understand that we're talking about elements of guys' games. By the way, just send that guy your article predicting the Victor Oladipo trade, and you'll be he'll he'll have nothing to say. It's the ultimate. I mic am drop a genius. <laughs> all right, so getting back to Armand Franklin. You brought up an interesting player comp in our text, Ryan, even though you hate doing it. And we'll get to that in a second. You know, a couple guys that that kind of have come to mind for me. And one guy that a lot of people who have seen Armand play have brought up to me in terms of a player comp is Remy Abel. You know, just in, again, not a perfect comparison, but just in terms of a, a versatile guard who can play both positions, who's going to be a good defender, not maybe going to be an instant impact guy, but you look at what Remy did as a junior and a senior at Xavier. He played 60 plus percent of the minutes on top 25 teams, was a productive complementary player, a key piece of the rotation of a really good team. And so that's kind of the comparison for what, and maybe you think Armand has a higher ceiling than Remy, but I think, you know, for what he can be, that's an interesting comparison. Another guy that I thought of while watching him play because of how good his mid-range game is, is Verdell Jones, who, again, is another you know four-year player, solid contributor, not a star. But you know the thing with Armand is he's not, from you know reading scouting reports and watching him play, not maybe great at anything, but just good at a lot of different things. So as you think of comparisons, those are the kind of guys that you can think about. You know, Again, solid four-year player, good at a lot of different things, maybe doesn't stand out with any one skill. Um, Andy, while Ryan prepares his in-depth player comp, what do you think about those two, and do any others come to mind for you as we just try to paint a picture for what to expect from Armand Franklin? Yeah, I think the, the Remy Abel one is a little bit interesting to me. I, I think he played, you know, less of that kind of combo guard, but I think if you believe that he's really going to be able to contribute defensively, I thought Remy was a guy who was able to do that pretty well. Um, and yeah, the Verdell one is interesting. I, he's always a hard one for me. He's just a hard player to evaluate. I think based on his skill set versus what he was asked to do and the teams on which he was asked to do it, at least early in his career. So um, a little bit hard to gauge. I was just trying to scan back through, you know, some of the Big Ten players the last couple of years. 
Um, I, you know, maybe eventually he shoots it as well as this guy, but from a size standpoint, like a Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman guy at Michigan, where he did a little bit of everything for them last year. I think he was, you know, didn't play, you know, point guard per se, but became a pretty good defender and a solid all around player that was a, a role player um, on that team. And, uh, you know, so I think, I, I don't know, that was the closest Big Ten guy I could come up with, at least a couple of teams that I, I scanned through. And I think if he eventually becomes as good a shooter as, as Abdul Rahman, you know, became in, in playing some of those, you know, off the ball and being able to knock down some shots rolls, you know, maybe that's a, uh, a another guy. He's size wise right about the same uh, as he was. But, uh, I, you know, I don't think there's a perfect one that I can think of, at least for IU in, in recent years. Uh, Ryan, tell us uh, what player Armand will exactly be like as we watch his career develop at Indiana. You know who he's going to be like? He's going to be like Armand Franklin. That's who he's going to be like. He's going to be his own man. And I think we should all respect him for that. <laughs> no, I look, I think that you've got to let the guy sort of be his own person. I think that there are elements of his game that remind me a little bit of Al Durham's film that I, that we watched when he uh, came in just because of his size, the length, uh, his ability to sort of drive and take, but he's a much better shooter than Al ever maybe ever will be. So I, that, that doesn't work for me. Remy Abel. I I think that Franklin is going to have a much better career than Remy Abel. I think that he's going to be a much more versatile much more uh, uh he's going to be a player who plays more than Remy Abel ever did uh if he gets you know throughout his career and and I think that he's a guy who you're going to be able to rely on in key situations I don't think Remy Abel ever really became that guy for anybody um but certainly a versatile guard with size who can you know defend and and score for you which I don't think Abel was was very good offensively he was okay and he got better but certainly he was not a, a guy you'd use to attack the rim. And I think that you definitely will do that with Armand Franklin. So I don't know, pick a six, four guy uh, who can defend who played recently and, at and Indiana and, and who played <laughs> recently in Indiana. You go find it. We pretty my much buddy named was them all except when, for Oladipo. When my buddy, uh, when my buddy heard like his size, I was texting him his size. He's like, Oh God, he's not Bracey. Right. And I was like, no, he's nothing like Bracey. Right. What are you, <laughs> But I mean, people, you know, they see the size and they think, oh, that's who he is. No, he's nothing like that. He, he really is kind of a different guy. And, and I would say that, uh, you know, he's almost like Romeo dialed down four notches or something, you know, because he's a guy who does, every, he does a lot of good things, has that same size, but he's not elite. He's not going to be a, 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 you know, a lottery pick. So it, <laughs> there really guess- is no player comparison i'm guessing tipton edits didn't put that on his like social media graphic romeo dialed down four notches (laughs) i mean let's be real i mean that that's kind of where it is and romeo is at 11 and and armand looks like he's about at a seven right now so i I think that you've you know it's Uh, it's it's hard to do i i see i know where you're going with that andy any final player comparisons from you dominique wilkins Mm, no not a big fan of that one any others BJ no. Armstrong. No. Sean Bradley. <laughs> Andy's just making a mock. He's out of his, out of his mind. <laughs> this is why Ryan doesn't like these segments because ideas like those get thrown out when reading yep. off the back and of a starting lineup. I, I can go back yep. on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seven All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> now, Andy, any final thoughts uh, before we talk a little bit more about the class of 2019 at large? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's a, I think it's an exciting guy to get in the door, and I think it provides some flexibility, you know, in what they can do the rest of the recruiting season, and and so we'll see how the rest of the class 
fills out, but it's good to have a, a start on it and we'll move along from there. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips on this edition of Assembly Call Radio talking about the commitment of Armand Franklin. So now, you know, the attention of all Indiana fans is going to turn to the rest of the guys in the class of 2019. Obviously, you know, Trace Jackson Davis has made some comments recently trying to, I guess, counter the uh, the notion that he's a lock to Indiana. He's going this weekend on a visit to Iowa. Um, he also, by the way, this news kind of slipped past That'll people. be fun. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope, hope he and Fran have some good conversations. Um, but he he is not going to be taking a trip to Purdue, so kind of a double whammy this week for Purdue as they lose out on Armand Franklin. Trace Jackson Davis will not be visiting there. You know, everybody's gonna gonna keep their eye on him. You know, I still haven't heard anything that leads me to not still feel good about where that recruitment is. The Keon Brooks recruitment continues to progress, um, and so those guys are obviously the focus. And then you look to see if you can get another guard, a guy like Jamius Ramsey, maybe a guy like James Booknight, someone like that. But having Franklin certainly puts you in a better position instead of having to feel desperate to get one of those guys. That would be more of a bonus. And as we were talking about, you know, before we went live, you expect that there will be three scholarships open next year uh, because of uh, Juwan Morgan's, Evan Fitzner's, and then with Romeo going pro. Um, and then, you know, if you do have any attrition like last year, you know, one guy left with Curtis Jones, then you could have four. So I'm sure Archie and the staff are kind of, you know, recruiting, keeping that in mind. Andy, as you watch the rest of of this recruiting class develop, you know, knowing that Keon Brooks is pretty much suggested that his recruitment will take until the spring, it's looking more and more like Trace may take longer than people initially thought. What are you now going to be watching for to, to, you know, just to kind of gauge how this class is shaping up? I still think it's largely those two guys. And, and like you said, I think those may drag out, but that's pretty much the norm I, I feel like for most of the higher level guys at this stage so uh the jamie's ramsey thing is interesting because he said he was going to come to hoosier hysteria uh i would assume they they will continue through their plan with him and and see what happens um so that'll be a little bit interesting but i think at this point the focus is really all on on trace and on uh keon brooks and I, you know the trace it, the iowa thing is just kind of interesting to me like that one in, in wake forest seem he's odd. friends with fran mccaffrey's son i think is one reason why he's visiting iowa okay Okay. Well, uh, I guess maybe that, maybe that makes sense there. And then I don't know if Wake Forest is like a Danny Manning thing. I don't really, those couple kind of, he's going to get him to the NBA. That's, I think that's Uh, the, well, he had players leave this year to go to the NBA just because they didn't want to be on the team anymore. So I guess maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. It's tough to say. Um, So yeah, those just seem kind of odd to me. I guess that, you know, being friends with Fran's son is, is one thing, but uh, you know, anytime you can get some quality off season time with Fran, I, I feel like you probably have to take that opportunity. Who wouldn't? Right. Who who wouldn't love quality time with Fran? Uh, Ryan, as you look at it, I mean, are you? I assume you're feeling confident now about uh, about this class. People were panicking because Indiana didn't have a commitment. Now they do. I think you know the one sentiment that I've seen, and credit for this goes to either Brian Snow or, or Jeff Rabjohn, someone um, uh, that I read this, which was basically, you know, with Armand Franklin, if he's the best player in your class, probably not a good sign. You know, if he's the lowest rated player in your class, now you've probably got a really good class, which based on the other guys Indiana's targeting, that's what it looks like is probably the most likely. So we'll obviously have to see what pieces kind of fill in around Armand. But, you know, a lot of reason to feel good about where where the Hoosiers are at. What are you going to be watching for now moving forward with the recruiting? Here's the reason Indiana can feel good about where they're at, and it's last year's class. You have recruited so well last year that now you can take some chances on waiting out Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks and and Isaiah Stewart or whoever else because you have enough depth. You're just looking to add top-tier guys. You're not just looking to pack the roster. You're not going to be short on 
guys who can play. So you can go out and take some chances on waiting on higher tier guys. And I think that that's, you know, had Indiana missed on some of the guys last year, they'd be in a much different situation than they are right now. But as far as we're concerned right now, they can take those chances. And look, if they miss out and let's say they only get uh, Armand Franklin and maybe one other guy and they miss out on that third scholarship, maybe you take a grad transfer. Maybe you do that. You know, whatever you do, you kind of feel like, hey, you know what? Our, we may not feel great about this class, but I feel good about where our roster is at. And that's what matters in the end is not a recruiting class. It matters where your roster is. And the roster looks really good heading into not just this year, but then Romeo's going to leave. And I still think it looks even with Rome without Romeo. And let's say you don't get another five star going into next year. That roster still looks really good. And, and especially given the development these guys are going to have this year. So they've put themselves in a position where they can take risks and take smart risks. And if they miss out, it's not the end of the world. And then you turn your focus to the next class. And, and I think that they've done a really good job of setting themselves up for that. Any other concluding thoughts on Armand Franklin before we move on? I have no. a mad crush on Archie Miller. and Coach, Coach speaks for all of us, I think. No, I, I would just say I think it's great to get the first one out of the way. And now they can focus on Hoosier hysteria and trying to lock guys down. That's, I mean, that's usually the time where we start to see the wind start to change is, is around who's your hysteria. I know it's early this year, but that's usually when things start to change. Yep. Going to be a lot of key visitors there for who's your hysteria as well. So, all righty, uh, coming up here in our final segment of the assembly call, we'll talk about a few highlights from the schedule release, the times, the tip times and TV information. Uh, and then also we'll get to your questions and finish the show answering those. That's next on the assembly call. Stick with us. listening to the assembly call we are wrapping up another week of talking iu basketball i'm jared morris i'm here with andy bottoms and ryan phillips and we're going to get to your questions here which is what we typically do in our fourth segment um, in just a second but i do want to hit this real quick andy the the schedule the the full schedule was released a couple of weeks back but uh, earlier on thursday indiana released the schedule with some of the tip times some of the tv information so i just wanted to hit a couple of highlights there um, and see what kind of sticks out to you. Uh, number one, they announced that Hoosier Hysteria will begin at 4 o'clock Eastern time on September 29th, so a little bit early. We, of course, will have a post-Hoosier Hysteria event, just like we did last year. Uh, Andy, I think you'll be hosting that. I will be at Hoosier Hysteria, so if you're going to be there, definitely send me a tweet at Assembly Call. Let me know. would love to meet up with as many audience members as possible while I'm there. So we know the time on that. The first thing that I looked at, of course, was how many nine o'clock starts do we have? Because when you do a post-game show, it's always nice to know what are going to be the really late nights. Five nine o'clock starts. Is that that sounds about like what we had last year, isn't it? Nine o'clock Eastern starts. I think so. Does that include the nine thirty Duke game? Yes, that that does include the nine thirty Duke game. So five starts of nine o'clock Eastern or later. Yeah, that's I'm, I you know, I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine with uh with nine Eastern starts. Totally fine. I don't get what you guys complain about. Shut up. Those are those are inevitably the shows that, that will end with Ryan complaining about how hungry he is when we log off the postgame show. So yeah, Andy will be half asleep. You can say that now, but you know, Andy will be two hours from having to leave for work, and Ryan's just still chilling, just got home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got that. Uh, Indiana's going to appear on the Big Ten Network ten times, and then we've got six times each on FS1 and ESPN, and then a few other games on Fox and CBS. All of that stuff 
pretty standard. The other thing that people always look for with this stuff is, will there be games on BTN Plus? Yes, you will have to pony up for the BTN Plus um, uh, extra account this year. Hoosier Hysteria will be on BTN Plus. And then, Andy, what did we decide? It's one exhibition game and then just one regular season game uh, yeah, against UC that's what, Davis? That's what it looks like. Yeah, so probably people will, if you're going to manage this appropriately, you'll probably want to, because you can do it monthly. So I think you'd take a month for Hoosier Hysteria, then cancel it, then do another month that would pick you up the games on the exhibition game on November 1st and the UC Davis game on November 23rd. So they're going to, they're going to try and steal that month of October, aren't they? Don't let it let. Yeah. Don't, don't be lax. We're here to save you money. This is like one of those on your side reports in your, your evening news. Don't let them take that $10 from you for that extra month. So that's right. Plan appropriately. That is right. Although if you do get it, you can watch like soccer. I think I did that last year. I I use it to watch some IU soccer in in between where I, I might not have normally been able to watch. So, if you're going to keep it, at least make good use of it during that time. Yes. Uh, and then we are still awaiting um, start times television info for Marquette and Arkansas. And then obviously there's some Big Ten games later in the season that we don't know exactly when the tip time will be. But for the most part, uh, the IU schedule now ready to be put into your calendars uh, with dates and times for most games. And we can start planning the meetup, most importantly. So Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And we will. We will start talking about that. All right, so let's get to some of these questions. Um, let's see. So we had this question in from Jeff. Um, so he said, can you create clarity on player rankings? So for example, Armand Franklin individually is actually rated higher than Robert Finnessy and Demise Anderson were last year. He would have been the third highest recruit in this year's class, the 2018 class, uh, based on his individual rating at 0.94. However, he is People a People are getting spoiled. <clears throat> Sorry. Hey, but that... <laughs> But is, that's good. Isn't that where we want to be? Yes. Okay. Yes. With, it, it, I mean, with it was the good. proper it perspective. Just, yeah. Yes. But but really what Jeff wants to know, so he's throwing in these numbers like 0.94. So that's the 24-7 composite. And if you look at rankings at 24-7 sports, the one that they highlight is the 24-7 composite. And that basically takes all of the publicly available rankings from you know the professional services that do this and they, you know, put it all up into, you know, into a spreadsheet or whatever they use and they spit out a number that's basically, you know, one means that it's a consensus number one prospect and then it kind of steps back from there. You know, so I think Jerome Hunter last year was like a 0.9799. You know, Romeo's in the 0.99 somewhere up there. So the closer you are to uh, to one, the better a prospect you are. And so you look at at Armand Franklin, Robert Finnessy and Demise Anderson, Armand was 0.914, Finnessy 0.9 0.9358 and Demizi 0.9383, all those guys in between 125th and 136th. So the clarity there, Jeff, is that you know all three of those guys are essentially right around the same level of recruit. Because when you get outside of the top 25, 30, and then again, you know, kind of outside of you know 50, 75, it starts to become a lot harder to separate guys. Um, and so, and so safe to say, they're all around the same level of recruit. Let me say something too. Is it's a player like Armand is harder to classify and quantify because he does a lot of things well, but doesn't have necessarily a standout trait right now. Demizi, you said, okay, that guy's a shooter and can put up points, and he needs to work on X, Y, and Z. How much is the value of him being a shooter? Fantasy, he's a point guard. How much is it a value of you know what he does here and all this stuff? Franklin is harder to quantify because it's sort of, and Jerome Hunter suffered from that a little, I think too, because I think overall talent wise, Jerome Hunter 
is better than where he was ranked. And I think a lot of people agreed with that. They just didn't know, okay, well, what's the thing he hangs his hat on? Like, what's his one standout trait? And he was just good at a lot of things. So, and he was also with Jerome, he was still developing. So, I, I think it's just harder to quantify what Armand does really well that helps him shine over other people. And, and so I think that's why you get a depressed ranking. I think Finnessy was underrated as well. I think most people who watched Finnessy regularly thought he was very underrated. But again, he wasn't the quickest point guard. He wasn't the best shooting point guard. He wasn't the best defensive point guard. He wasn't the best you know passing point guard. He just did all those things well. So you know, it's hard when you're stacking guys up against each other and you don't have that one trait where you're better than everybody else to sort of rank them higher. So I, I think that's what they suffer. They both suffer from a little bit. Well, and that's what's made the discussions about Armand and Brandon Newman so interesting. Because Andy, you and I talked about this several weeks ago, you know, where I said I thought Armand was the better fit. And you said, well, you know, Brandon Newman is a knockdown three-point shooter and you lose you lose Romeo. Having a guy who can come in that you know that can score on the perimeter maybe makes him a better fit. And I think that's the thing is with Brandon, that three-point shooting really sticks out. And so I think people kind of see that and you almost envision a little bit easier how he comes in and contributes right away. But in today's day and age of basketball, you know, which is a little bit more positionless and, you know, you want versatile players, a guy like Armand is going to be underrated. And so, you know, I know that was a big discussion between those two. And, you know, someone else asked about this. I don't know what the story is now with Newman, if he'll still take his IU visit. I know some people had said they wouldn't play at the same school, but, you know, who knows about that kind of stuff. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see, um, you know, if he ends up visiting Indiana, then there's still a chance. If he doesn't, then everybody has moved on. And that's okay because, you know, you've got your guard kind of in the bag, um, which which is what Indiana needed right now. Um, Andy, you want to chime in there? No, I think, you know, I, I did, you know, think that at the time, but it's one of those where you got two players that are rated relatively closely together and, you know, you and take these, the first commitment. <laughs> well, one, you take the first commitment. And I think you also, you know, need to trust at this point that Archie knows who's going to fit well in his system. And he seemed to really go after, you know, Franklin lately. And I think maybe that's some of the defensive things that, uh, that we talked about and how well he thinks he'll be able to play him there and um, and that he can develop a shot that is good enough um, to keep people honest and 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 do those kinds of things. So yeah, to me, it was, I think, a reasonable argument to, to look at that way. But again, uh, we've talked about some other guys maybe being able to step in and play some of the two guard that in, you know, unconventional ways. So, and, and you never really know what other guys they might get in the class too. So it's, it's tough to say, but yeah, I agree. When you got two relatively even guys, you take the commitment from the first one, and then you kind of move on from there. You're listening to The Assembly Call, wrapping up another week talking IU basketball. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Brian Phillips answering your questions. Dylan asked us, will there still be a good chance that IU lands Jameis Ramsey if indeed Franklin chooses the Hoosiers? Jameis Ramsey, uh, originally from Texas, will be playing uh, at Oak Hill Academy this year. He's a you know top 30, top 35 type player, really rugged, tough guard, more of an instant impact type guy than Franklin. You know, I think that recruitment, based on what I know, and, and what I've heard from other folks, that recruitment is still in its early stages. You know, he's scheduled to make a visit. I think we just need to see what happens with the official visit to know if Indiana has a legit chance. The one reason to feel positive about Indiana, and you know, credit to I think Jeff Rabjohns for this. Um, I know I heard him say it, is that Ramsey really wants a big time basketball atmosphere, and he is certainly going to see that at Hoosier Hysteria. So, you know, and we've seen what what the Indiana staff can do on official visits. So I would say 
really hold off on even thinking too much about Ramsey. Let's see how the official visit goes, but I don't think that Franklin committing precludes Indiana from taking Ramsey because you still need another guard. You still don't have a ton of guards on the roster for next year, um, and you know those two guys could play together. There's nothing there that would that would suggest that you couldn't take both of them. Um, Ryan, do you have any insight on that particular recruitment? None, and that one's kind of new for Indiana too. I mean, rel- in a relative sense, so there really isn't a whole lot of a feel out there. I mean, I looked around on stuff, and and it, it there really isn't a feel of which way Indiana is leaning. Do they? You're right now aiming. You have three scholarships that are going to be open. Franklin fills one of those. There are going to be two that open up. You're assuming with uh, if Romeo leaves, which I think we all expect him to. And then there could be another one if there's any roster attrition. So you're maybe, I think the coaching staff is probably aiming for like 3.5 scholarships right now. Because Uh, Trace and Keon have the other two if they want them. Yes. And Trace and Keon Brooks are going to be the other two if they accept. I mean, that that's so, you know, I know you keep saying that they need to go after another guard, blah, blah, blah. But if Trace and Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks want to come, they're coming. And I think that then you look at possibly getting another guard, like another pure guard. Uh, you, have, you have to keep recruiting them just in case one of, of those course. guys doesn't come or another. And that's the thing is, it, you know, you're going to see guys visit and things like that. who maybe the staff doesn't feel like they have a great chance with, but you keep bringing guys in, you keep interviewing, maybe something clicks while they're here and they don't really necessarily have a chance, but all of a sudden it's like they get wowed by Indiana, get wowed by the atmosphere, get wowed by hanging out with the other players and, and, and something clicks and, and stranger things have happened. Uh, I remember when Noah Vonley visited, a lot of people were kind of like, eh, you know, they might be in the mix. And he was committing that night, you know, at the night of his visit. So I think that that happens a lot. And you just kind of have to see how these things play out and what guys feel when they're on campus. Uh, let's see. Last question that we have here. So Grant said predictions for 2019 commits rotation and Big Ten overall record. That's oh, a lot of that's God. It's a, a lot of that's a lot of questions in there. Ryan, have you have you gone on record yet, or have you kind of laid out your thoughts on the Big Ten? Your early thoughts. We have about a minute left. Not yet. I I think we I have to wait until we get a little closer to the season to really break that down because I, I you know I'm just getting the 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 season previews and breaking down what the rosters are going to be and who's had good off seasons and stuff like that. I think it's too early, really. Uh, I think once we finally see these teams play uh, or practice, I mean, we'll kind of get more of an idea on who these teams because they can talk publicly about it and you know who's having who's had a great summer, who's not. So. I think we've got a couple more shows to do before we can start throwing those predictions out. Uh, final 15 seconds. Quickly give me a player comp for Jerome Hunter. Jerome Hunter. <laughs> That's my player comp. <laughs> Andy, not when- the best in the business for nothing, folks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Andy, real quick, when are you going to do some preseason bracketology? Have you, is that even on your radar? Uh, it is a little bit. I've started looking at some of the preview stuff. So we, we got, a, we got a little ways before that, probably at least a month, I would say. Okay. All righty. Well, that is going to do it for us on this week's edition of the assembly call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our assembly call radio recording, or you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for assembly call, wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify now. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. 
Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show... We appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.